You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows, visit electronicmediacollective.com. Welcome to the 60s Reboot Podcast, the only podcast that reviews and reboots a classic 1960s TV series for today's audience. This show is brought to you by the Electronic Media Collective and Down Studio. I'm your host, Matt D. And today, we have for a guest, the wonderful producer for 60s Reboot, the man from the Grawlix Podcast, Randall Sylvie. Hey, I think part of that title's new since the last time I was on the show. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> it's it's great ha- having you here with, with me today, Randall. I'm, I'm glad you can come back. I'm excited oh. because I feel like I got the perfect genie cast, and I'm also hoping nobody catches on to the fact that I apparently have some type of a 60s magical woman fetish. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to bring me to the topic of the show. So um, you had appeared on a previous episode of the show. I believe it was episode four. Um, where we talked about Bewitched, and you had mentioned about another show that it has to do with paranormal hijinks mm-hmm. and magical minxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I said on that last episode, I was torn between... These were the two that jumped into my mind first, and I was torn between Bewitched and this one. And luckily, I, uh, it seems like I get to do both. Yay! <laughs> so, without burying the lead... Um, this episode, we're talking about I Dream of Genie. I Dream of Genie is a fantasy television show that aired from September 18, 1965 to May 26, 1970. The TV show followed a 2,000 year old genie by the name of Genie who is released from her bottle by a stranded astronaut, United States Air Force Captain Tony Nelson. Tony becomes her master while stuck on a deserted island. When Jeannie is released, she falls deeply in love with Captain Nelson, and even though he, he frees her from servitude, she manages to smuggle herself and her bottle with him back home. The show was produced by Screen Gems Production Company and ran for five seasons, a total of 139 episodes. Each episode featured hilarious scenarios with Immortal and his 2,000-year-old magical love interest and eventual wife. Over the 139 episodes, Captain, then eventually Major Nelson, has to balance Jeannie's use of magic to help him in his life with the world finding out that Jeannie exists. Mayhem ensues as Jeannie misunderstands Major Nelson time and again. Major Nelson is also helped out by his longtime friend Major Healy, as he helps Nelson with cover stories and the like. One of the recurring antagonists to Nelson and Jeannie is the bassist doctor, Alfred Bellows, who time and again tries to prove it to Nelson's superiors that he is either crazy or hiding something. Usually by the end of the episode, though, some hilarity ensues and the doctor is foiled and Nelson's job is secured. All right, so the history of the show. The series was created for NBC to, com- to compete with Bewitched. However, the show was being produced by the same production company as Bewitched, Screen Gems, which actually still exists today. The mm-hmm. producer was Sidney Nelson, and he was inspired by the movie The Brass Bottle, which starred Tony Randall and Barbara Eden. 
and Burl Ives as the Jin Fakrash. Fakrash? Fakrash, yeah. Conceived of the idea for a beautiful female genie. Originally, Sheldon did not want to cast a blonde in the role for Genie because it would look too much like the blonde witch in Bewitched. However, after several bad auditions, Sidney Nelson called Barbara Eden's agent, and she fitted the role perfectly. For the first two seasons, I Dream of Genie was broadcast in black and white, for the visual effects worked a lot better in black and white. By the third season, the technology to shoot the effects in color was greatly improved, and the show moved to 35mm color production. In the five seasons, it was ranked 26th and 27th in the Nielsen ratings, but never reached any higher. After the show's cancellation, it was put into syndication. Now, there are a few reunions and other spin-offs that came out of the original series. There was two movies that gave us the future of Jeannie and Major Nelson. Only Larry Hagman was unable to return to the role of Major Nelson. At the time, he was in the TV show Dallas. For one more movie, he was recasted by Trapper John himself, Wayne Rogers. There was a third movie planned, but it never was finalized. On a final note, there was also a Hanna-Barbera cartoon called Genie back in 1973, but it didn't tie into the live-action series. One last fact before we look into the reboot cast. The bottle that was used in I Dream of Genie was actually a Jim Beam bourbon whiskey bottle, holiday edition. Holiday edition decanter from 1964. Several bottles were dressed up over the years by the prop studio. However, only a few still exist today. It was rumored that Larry Hagman had one along with the series producer, Sidney Sheldon. But that was just a bottle. So let's go ahead and reboot this fantastical fantasy. You had mentioned that you, I Dream of Genie was one of the ones that you wanted to choose because you um, watched it a lot in your first apartment. Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, I watched... I watched you know, this and Bewitched and several other uh, shows, but this and Bewitched were my favorite of these like 60s perpetual rerun shows. I watched a lot of those when I was a kid, but yeah, my first apartment on my own as um, however old I was, a very young man, uh, I didn't have cable and I worked evenings and stayed up. It was a party lifestyle. I stayed up late at night and there was never anything on at night, but they'd rerun I Dream of Genie and Bewitched. So yeah, these are. This is definitely one of those shows that um, I watched a lot because there was nothing else to watch. <laughs> but you know, I also it's it. I enjoyed it. It was tolerable. I like it. Awesome. It, I tell you what, reviewing it for I mean, you know, kind of revisiting it briefly, you know, for this episode. I don't think that it plays the same today as it used to. No, no. We, we can get into that more later. Yeah. All right, so first up in our reboot, we have the main character, Genie. So uh, we'll let you go ahead and go first, Randall. Who did you pick to recast for the uh, role of Genie? Okay, I'm super excited for this because once she popped into my head, I was like, this, it's kind of perfect. Um, it'll also play a little bit into my vision of this, what the show could be. But um, inspired by, a lot of people will know her from Parks and Rec, but she's also in lots of other things. And she popped in my head for Jeannie specifically because of her role in Legion. But I'm going to go with Audrey Plaza because I think she's, I think she's really weird, <laughs> um, but very interesting. And uh, she's kind of got the eyes. 
And she would, the only way I could envision this show working in a modern setting is with somebody like her that could put the right spin on it, the right spin on the fact that she, she calls the guy master all the time um, because she's got this, I don't know, she's she is sexy, but she's also definitely in charge of her sexuality, and uh, which is important for for this take on that character. And uh, yeah, I'll get into it more once we kind of get into our pitch of what the show as a whole would be. But yeah, Audrey Plaza, I think she'd be perfect for a modern genie. Very nice. I like the choice. I too went off model and uh, I didn't want to go milk toast with this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I went with a, with a girl named uh, or a woman named Monica Padman. Um, now she's kind of a newer actress. She's been on a few TV shows and bit parts. Recently she was in season three of the good place. Um, she played one of Eleanor's changes when Eleanor was in the um, Janet Boyd. I don't know if you're familiar with um, The Good Place. But uh, Monica Padman also is a podcaster. And uh, she's on a, a podcast with uh, Dax Shepard, who is actually Kristen Bell's husband. And she was Kristen Bell's nanny as well. <laughs> so, um, but she's really funny. Uh, she's, you know, she was born in Georgia. Uh, she has Indian parents. She's, she's got that, not a blonde look mm -hmm. that, uh, Sydney Sheldon was originally looking for. And she's really funny. I think she, she'd fit the role for, uh, for a genie just basically from the way she can portray her attitude. And, uh, I think it really, it'd be really neat just to kind of see the genie in, in a non blonde Caucasian actress. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. I am not familiar with her. I'm looking at a picture of her now. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I think that's kind of key to, like you said, going off model, doing it. You have to do it different than unless you were doing a straight remake of the 60s show set in the 60s. You don't want to change anything. If you're going to do it for today's audience, you, you, you definitely have to change things, I think. Definitely, yeah. And, uh, you know, she's supposed to look like a 2,000-year-old Persian um, genie. And as beautiful as Barbara Eden is, and she captured the character of, of Jeannie, I think that um, it wouldn't really fly today with the modern audiences. But yeah, that, that's, that's my pick for Jeannie. All right, so next up is the leading man of the series. At first he was captain, then he was promoted to Major, Major Tony Nelson, as played by Larry Hagman. Jeannie, I'll never be able to explain you. Well, I... I'm setting you free. Oh, thou hast set me free, Master. Now I belong to thee. No, 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 no. You don't understand. Uh, I rescued you and you rescued me. We're even. I'm going home now and... You... You go wherever you go. Okay? Goodbye, Jeannie. Larry had the leading man look to him. He could play serious with the Nelson character in one scene been more relaxed than another. Major Nelson was always the victim of Jeannie's misfired magical assistance and tended to come out with a cool head by the end of it. So for my Major Nelson, I picked Ben Browder from the TV show Farscape. Okay. He was the uh, he was the character Crichton, the main, the only like non-puppety guy. <laughs> 
And uh, I think that he could play a major Nelson because he's not only is he, he can be quirky, he can also be kind of serious, you know, and he, he always had that, that leading man look to him. And I think he could probably pull off a, a Tony Nelson. For mine, okay, so I got into the issue of, I was telling you before recording, I've, I figured out my genie and I was like, that's so good. And then I started going through the list of everybody else and I had a hard time casting anybody because the original i mean they're good and they're fitting it's appropriate for the characters but a lot of their characters were so milk toast <laughs> there's a couple of them that give me good traits to work with but this one and it's such an important role i had a hard time and i only really picked this guy because i like him and i want to see him in more stuff and if you look at certain pictures he does kind of have that face of a 60s sitcom leading actor like, he could have almost been cast in our Bewitched pitches. Uh, I'm going to go with Evan Peters. And I don't know if he's old enough to be a major. Uh, I think he's like, I guess he's 32. But he he is um, Quicksilver from the X-Men movies. Or uh, he was in several seasons of American Horror Story. He's a little on the young side, although not really, I guess. I think I'm just getting old and everybody looks young to me now. <laughs> um, but... He seems extremely likable, which is good, and he generally does a fun kind of charismatic character, but if you've watched enough of him in American Horror Story, you know you he can get very serious too if need be, so I, I think he fits that criteria. Yeah, he's got the charisma, I think, to pull off a leading man. Totally, I can, I can see that. I like I like Evan Peters. He was really good in, uh, in a, uh, American mm-hmm. Horror Story. All right, well... Major Nelson's sidekick, as played by Bill Daly, was Major Roger Healy. I'll tell you what happened to me. I got a big mouth for a friend. That's what I, I got a big mouth for a friend. I ask you not to tell Jeannie. Well, what did she do to you? What did she do to me? She helped me. That's what she did. How are you feeling, Master? I'll tell you how I'm feeling. I'm the only astronaut in the program that needs a seeing eye dog. Oh, would you like to have a seeing eye? No, no, I, I want my 20-20 vision back. Can't you fix him up? Well, I must say it is rather nice to have him like this. This way he cannot look at other girls. Jeannie, please! Yes, Master, 20-20 vision. Well, what is she doing? What is she doing? I'm working on your 2020 vision, Master. It is not easy. Perhaps if you went to an eye doctor. Yeah, please. 2020 vision. Are you feeling better, Master? Is that better, Master? Can you see me now, Tony? Now, Major Healy was a skirt-chasing, fun guy and best friend to Major Nelson. In the first season, he didn't know about Jeannie, but in the future episodes, it was retconned in that he was that he always knew about her. He often fascinated about being Jeannie's master and finding a way of getting women and earning a fast buck. But in the end, he was always there for his friend Tony and Jeannie. Who did you pick for uh... Major Healy? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I have cast for everybody else, I swear. But uh, I had a really hard time because it's not like there's not a lot of good actors that you can throw in as kind of the fun 
sidekick friend guy, but I, mm, I'm going to kick it over to you okay. and maybe I'll think of something before then, but yeah, legitimately, I, I, if, if I hadn't cast Evan Peters as, you know, leading man, it would be him because he's, I think that's maybe why he popped in my head because he's kind of fun, but I decided to move him over. So I don't have a replacement for him yet. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll throw out mine and mine is uh Hartley Sawyer. Uh, Hartley Sawyer plays the elongated man in the flash TV series. Ooh, that's good. Um, he's, he's already kind of captured that sidekick role with elongated man in the flash. He also has that skirt chasing kind of personality down that mm -hmm. um, the elongated man has. And there's been several episodes where he was in a, in a strip club. So I could definitely see Hartley Sawyer being that uh, major Healy, you know, kind of fun guy. But then when his chips, when the chips are down, he's always there for his, for his uh, friend and his, you know, the, the main leading man. So yeah, my pick was uh, Hartley Sawyer. All right. Well, I'm going to do a total cop out and go ahead and jump on your pick because I actually really <laughs> like that. No, you're right. And I like that because he does, he seems likable, a little goofy, but he does have a little bit of seediness to him, which would play in well into the skirt chasing. I think that, you know, more so than the original in the original series. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. I'm, I'm on board with that. Next up, we have the series antagonist, Colonel Dr. Alfred Bellows, as played by Hayden Rourke. Plan to spend uh, every evening next week with me. Every evening? Uh, and then next week, well, what for, sir? We're going to begin psychoanalysis. Psychoanalysis? I don't need psychoanalysis. I'm as normal as apple pie. Ask anyone. Captain Healy, when a man wakes up in the middle of the night and goes climbing trees in his pajamas, when he feels a compulsion to try to communicate with bees, and when he has a recurring dream that he's a thirsty camel, that man needs psychoanalysis. Dr. Bellows was the base psychiatrist that was always evaluating the astronauts and always was around to observe some of the shenanigans that befell Major Nelson. He was convinced that Nelson was either crazy or hiding something. He was constantly trying to catch Nelson and report him to the general. All right, well... Have you uh, have you got a Dr. Bellows? Or I do I, have a uh... Dr. Bellows. I do have a Dr. Bellows. Right. Okay. I'm going to go with Kumel Nanjiani because I love that guy. I'm a big fan. And I probably could have slotted him into a couple spots. I kicked around the idea of having him be Major Healy for a little bit. But ultimately, I like the idea of... Okay, so Dr. Bellows is... Um, he's a psychiatrist, right? And that's right. kind of... I was like, I could see Kumel Nanjiani as a psychiatrist, but... But he's also like very suspicious of uh, Major Nelson. And so I was like, because Kumail Nanjiani can play fun, but I feel like he does really good at being kind of a jerk. Not serious, but serious in a kind of snarky way. And I feel like that would play well in that kind of a role. And my take on the character would be so much or would be a little bit less of like he's specifically out to get him and more like he really just doesn't like this guy. So if he can catch him, like, you know, he's he is suspicious. If he can catch him in something, great. But he's not necessarily out to get him. He just can't stand him. So that's that's my take on it. Kamel Nanjiani, I think that'd be very interesting. Nice, nice. Yeah, I would say he, he does kind of have some jerky moments in that that, that series, um, Silicon Valley. Oh, for sure. For sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. My Dr. Bellows, I went a little older than Kamel. And I went with uh, 
Yeah, I played Red Foreman, Kurtwood Smith. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, because I can, because he he just has that that gravitas, that that appearance that he's a uh, you know he was in the military, you know, and I can definitely see like a, a blend between the classic '60s um, Dr. Bellows and Red Foreman, just kind of like mesh together a little bit, mm-hmm. and that way he could he could definitely pull off the the jerkiness. And the seriousness of evaluating a, an, an astronaut, it would be fun just to kind of see see some of the shenanigans that he's witnessed that he witnesses, and some some of the things that you know Major Nelson would have to come up with uh, to put one over on 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 a Kurtwood Smith. Yeah, no, that's good. I like that quite a bit. I definitely went unconventional and was even kind of googling how long it takes to become a major to see if. <laughs> <laughs> Although he's Doctor Bellows, is he a major? Uh, he's listed as. Oh, see, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Uh, Colonel? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Let's see, Dr. Bellows. Yeah, Colonel Dr. Alfred Bellows. Well, that but takes you know even what? longer. We're, we're going to bend some rules. Yeah, I would say it doesn't have to exactly be, you know, Na- military Is rank. NASA even as that military anymore? I mean, they're technically not military, Yeah, I was right? going to say, I think it's it's mostly just, um like, private privatized. Yeah, so, yeah, you know? okay. We're good, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so after Dr. Bellows is the commanding general for the base, Major General Martin Peterson, as played by Barton McLean. Now, Major Nelson. I'll handle this. Tony, Dr. Bellows is under the impression that you can control the weather. Can you? No, sir, I can't. Uh, Sergeant Roberts. I said I'd handle this. Yes, General. Sergeant Roberts, do you have any proof that Major Nelson can make it rain or snow? Well, I haven't any proof, uh, no, sir, but uh, it sure did come down cats and dogs down in Alabama. And it was Major Doctor. Nelson. That's all, Sergeant. Yes, sir. Can you make it rain or snow? No, General. Yes, you can. Uh, make it snow. Dr. Bellows, honestly, try. No. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Doctor. I'm so- sorry about all this, sir. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was all a coincidence. General Peterson was always telling Bellows to take it easy on the men. It seemed as though Peterson was a mellowed-out commander that trusted his men. In the few episodes that I reviewed about I Dream of Genie, I didn't see much of General Peterson. I think I only saw him in like one or two episodes. One in particular when um, there was a dog involved, like the dog that like, kind of popped up out of nowhere. And General Peterson really liked the dog, but Bellows was really against it. So it kind of it shined more in that in that episode that Peterson was a little more lenient towards his soldiers, trusting them, you know, because it's kind of different than a hard nosed general. For my pick for General Peterson is uh, Walter Keening from Star Trek. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Chekhov himself. I kind of pictured I, I pictured Chekhov kind of getting older, um, moving up in the rank. So why couldn't he play 
a, a general for a for a, a military base. Mm-hmm. He could be uh, he can be funny and witty and uh, you know a little more laid back. But then we've also seen him in Babylon Five, where he played kind of a a hard nosed um, psychop. So I think that he can probably do a little bit of both. You know, a nice amalgamation of the two to pull off a General Peterson. Uh, how about how about you, Randall? Would you who'd you pick for uh, General All right, Peterson? For- Again, you know, I don't know how old you're supposed to be to be, uh, what, was he a, a general or a general, a current major general. general? Okay, but, you know, maybe this guy's old enough. Uh, David Harbour uh, <laughs> from Stranger Things, right? Because I really like the idea of a guy who can appear like a hard nose, you know? But if you've seen, you know, if you've seen him in other stuff or even the later seasons of Stranger Things... He's not always that way. He he likes to get goofy once in a while. So uh, I thought he'd be a good, good in that role. Um, plus, again, like pretty much, pretty much everyone on this list, they're mainly just people I want to see more of. <laughs> like these people need more shows. So uh, yeah, David Arbor. You gotta you gotta just throw this line in there somewhere of of him like closing a book and going, and that's how I did not get into Juilliard. <laughs> that's right. That's acting, sucker. That's acting. <laughs> Listener, go out oh. and check out Netflix's Frankenstein's Monsters Monster Frankenstein to see some fantastic David Harbour acting. Oh, man, that, that's so ridiculous, but fun. It's good to see that he, you know, that's such a juxtaposition from where a lot of us were introduced to him with the first season of Stranger Things, you know, where he's placed kind of the almost stereotypical, like, gruff cop yeah it's a lot of fun yeah i like that pick next up is a major recurring character haji master of all genies as played by now i'm gonna butcher this guy's name abraham so far so far you're gonna jeopardize tony's whole career on a legend you're not even sure of i know how i can find out haji Who's Haji? He is the master of all the genies. He is most powerful. Yeah, well, why don't you talk to him and I can leave and then maybe I can come to you. Thank you, Haji, for coming here. I hope it's something important. This is my busy time of the month. What's this? Oh, I'm a Major Roger Healy, sir. I'm on detached duty to NASA. <laughs> why did you call me? I need your help. I'm thinking about uh, Haji is the lawmaker for the genies as well as the enforcer of the laws. Several episodes see him show up in Cocoa Beach to dispense some kind of justice to Genie or Major Nelson after a rule has been broken. Case in point, Genie casts a spell on Major Nelson to fall in love with her. So Haji shows up to correct Genie's mistake. So it took me a while to come up with a pick, but I think I'm going to hold off just yet. I want to see who you picked for uh, Haji. Okay, so this was kind of tough because you've got the the ethnicity factor that's kind of baked into the character. So I wasn't sure how to handle that. I didn't necessarily want to whitewash it, but also, like, I don't want to cast someone who's wrong. <laughs> so I'm going to do what feels like I'm probably going to cast wrong, but I'm kind of along the lines with all my other casting, I'm intentionally casting off character, off model. Now, this actor is an American actor, but they are of Lebanese descent. I could be wrong. 
which is not quite right either. Yeah. Um, but I got a bad. I, really I got like a, the I got a bad. Sorry, I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Do you? Go on. Okay, but I like the idea of so Haji is like, you know, he's the genie of genies. Like he's the he's the grandfather of genies. He's super powerful. So I like the idea of kind of before we get him in the show, building up like the the presence of like that this guy exists. Like oh, he's the all powerful genie, uh, and then he shows up and it's Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> That's my pick, Tony Shalhoub, because you know what, Haji could appear however he wants. He wants to appear like Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> oh, I so thought you were going to pick mine. Uh, my, my, mine's kind of close to Tony Shalhoub. Who you got? <laughs> my, when you said Lebanese, and, and, uh, and I thought this guy was Lebanese, but no, he's from um, Darlijin, Darlijin, India, which kind of fits with my, my genie because my genie has his, you know first-generation Indian-American. You know. mm-hmm. But I picked a guy named Eric Avari. Now, the name might not pop up right away in your head, but Eric's been in a lot of things. Most notably, uh, did you ever see the movie Stargate? Mm-hmm. He played um, the the main villager chieftain in Stargate. He was also in NCIS. Mm-hmm. He was in Heroes. Who did he play in Heroes? Uh, he played the father of the artist. I can't think of the guy's name. Yeah, no, this guy, this is one of those guys that every, he's kind of like, um, he's a character actor, right? Like yeah. everybody's a listener. You know this guy. Everybody's seen this guy, but he's not somebody who's typically like a leading man. Gosh, what was that? It was it. No, it wasn't Happy Gilmore. There was an Adam Sandler movie that he was in, and he played this pipe smoking. Uh, Mr. Deeds. Yeah, Mr. Deeds. He was in that. Mm-hmm. He played the guy smoking the pipe. You know, he's got a beard. He's bald. You know, he's definitely somebody that's like been in all these different television shows and series. He's always he's definitely a character actor that's played somebody of either Persian descent or Indian descent or Arabian descent. Uh, most recently, he's apparently, according to IMDb, he's been in a show called The Chosen. I am not familiar with that show. Oh, he was in The Mummy. He was the curator in the in the museum. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like that pick. And I like that guy. Yeah. He needs to pop up in more stuff. Yes, he should. That's who I picked for Haji. Okay, now that we have our cast, what story can we tell in the reboot for I Dream of Genie? What modern take will we have for our cast? Will it be set in the 60s like the original? Or will the story move to the modern day? Find out after this short break. Oh yeah, here we go. Peanuts, Cracker Jacks, hot dogs, microphone... Wait, microphones? Aw man, this isn't Wrigley Field. This is somebody else's podcast. Again. (sighs) Hey guys and gals. This is uh, Jesse from GrawlixPodcast.com. And, uh, well, my co-host and I, we... We travel through space and time using this this Blinkatron here. The problem is that it it doesn't always work, at least not the way it's supposed to. And uh, we sometimes we wind up in the wrong place, you know, like an awkward family reunion or a bar mitzvah or you know, well, somebody else's podcast. But, uh, you know, since I'm here, uh, let me tell you about our podcast. So when we are blinking all over the universe, uh, Randy, Melanie, and I, we review comic books, movies, TV shows, all sorts of stuff. And every month we review a comic, a comic collection, or a graphic novel that the listeners choose. Uh, they do that on our poll list, which you can find at our website, which is grolicspodcast.com. So if any of that sounds good to you, well, 
uh, why not head on over to our to our site? That's Grawlix, spelled G-R-A-W-L-I-X, podcast.com. And, uh, you know, check out our archives. See if there's something in there that sounds good to you. Now, where did I get lost? Huh, maybe I should have made a left turn at Albuquerque. Hey, this is Jerry. You, uh, you ever want to make your own podcast? Don't know where to start? Don't know how to get any anywhere on it? Totally lost in the dark. Like you want to make a podcast for this epic craziness with dragons and fireballs and Daenerys and, oh wait, that's Game of Thrones. Never mind. So you want to have an epic, crazy podcast? Check out podedit.com. Randall Sylvie will help you out. Number one guy out there who can help you edit a podcast, get you started. Good rates. Podedit.com. Check it out. He gets Jerry's seal of approval. Hey, everybody. Hey, I bet you're busy, so I'm going to make this quick. My name is Jesse. I'm an elementary art teacher, so usually what that means is that I push my classroom from room to room on an art cart. So yeah, I'm literally turning cartwheels. I'm also a martial arts instructor, so I'm also doing cartwheels in the dojo. I'm a Comic-Con vendor, a husband, a pet owner, an illustrator, a college night class instructor, a brother, a puppet enthusiast, an uncle, a YouTuber, I guess, uh, a son, and a podcaster, just to name a few. For me, the wheels are always turning. And in a world where more and more is being asked of us, it's enough to make your head spin. If you've felt overwhelmed and lost, well, so have I. And I don't claim to know the answers, but I'm happy to look things up. So join me at cartwheelspodcast.com for the latest episodes of the Turning Cartwheels Podcast. I'd really appreciate it. All right. Didn't those sound great? Well, now back to our discussion of I Dream of Genie. Well, Randall, since you're our guest here, this is your paranormal pick. What do you have for a reboot story? Okay, so I'm pretty excited about this. And it all started with the pick of Audrey Plaza because I was, like I said, I, I revisited some of this, some of the show, getting ready for the show for this podcast. And I was like, oh, oh, what do we do? How do we fix this? How do we make this work now? So, I mean, the issue is, the the whole premise of the sitcom is basically like this this guy finds a this very attractive genie who falls in love with him does he not ever get like do they not get together is that a weird or an impossibility because she's a genie well, or something I was, I was never really clear they on never, that I don't think they ever addressed it in the TV series but those two um those two movies that took place after the show after the show was canceled, uh-huh. one of them uh, mentioned that they got married. I want to say it was the the first movie, which had uh, the guy that played Trapper John from MASH. And you find out that they got married, and they actually had a kid. And the the main part of the movie was about the kid and his interactions with his genie mom that at some point was no longer a genie. She ended up losing her powers. And so he ended up inheriting some kind of powers. Now, mind you, this is purely okay. from memory because I think I saw that movie back in like 1987 or 89, whenever it came out. And that was like okay. it was a TV, the made-for-TV movie. So it, definitely, my memory cheats cheats on that one. But I do remember that it was about okay. the kid. 
Okay, yeah, because that seemed weird to me. So, okay, here's my idea. We'll start pretty much the same way. Our major Nelson uh, will get stranded on an island, come across a, the genie. Apparently, the genie falls in love with him on this island and then comes back with him, whatever. But yeah, while I was trying to figure out how do we make this work, she's in love with him. She calls him master all the time because he's, you know, she's a genie and he's her master. So when Audrey Plaza popped into my mind, I was like, that works so well because my take on I Dream of Genie would be, you know, it'll be a little, there'll be maybe some wacky hijinks, but it'll be much more kind of a dark comedy to where she'll still call him master, but Audrey Plaza has such an interesting delivery on like everything she says to where everything is almost, it's very dry, but it's almost... You can't really trust what she's saying a lot of times, it seems like, or she's just like not really behind it, but also she's she can do crazy or creepy, <laughs> stalkery almost so well. So I kind of like the idea of where the dynamic is similar to how it was, and she's not like, you know, inflicting harm. She's still kind of doing his bidding to a point, but there will be a bit of... um obsession to it to where yeah she, she loves him but like eh, maybe maybe too much maybe it's not a good thing maybe she's real creepy <laughs> about about her uh you know infatuation with this guy and that'll lead to her granting the wishes but always in kind of an off way that's where the hijinks will come from like it doesn't ever really work out quite right and maybe there's some malicious intent on her behalf there um i just like that idea of kind of the dark take on it where she's, I don't know, she's just creepy. Like, listener, if you haven't seen the TV show Legion, uh, it's a FX show, you should definitely, I think they just wrapped their final season. It's very strange. Like, it's the point where I'm glad we got, like, everybody's, I don't know, not everybody's tired of superhero stuff, but I know a lot of people are kind of tired of superhero TV shows and movies. But this is, like, Legion is one of the things where I'm glad we got to this point because now we'll get some, like, really weird and interesting takes on superhero stuff. That's kind of Legion. Anyway, point is it's very dark and kind of twisted. And she plays a character in there that if you want to kind of get where I'm coming at with this, with this uh, version of Jeannie, check out Legion and check out her character in there. And uh, it's not exactly what I would do with, with Jeannie, but you'll get an idea of what I'm talking about. If you have no idea who Audrey Plaza is. <laughs> um, and so there's that. There's their kind of dynamic. There's the general premise. And I feel like to make it work to where it's like, well, and it could just be, you know what? Maybe this, maybe he's just not interested in her or he's, or she scares him, which she, he should be scared. But I was also kind of thinking maybe we could add a character like, um, not, not necessarily an ex-wife, maybe a wife, like he's got a wife, but like they're estranged or something and he's trying to get her back. So we get kind of this you know, throw a little, uh, it'll add to the darkness, I guess, but throw a little drama and there is kind of a love triangle that we can work with just to give us a little bit more to bounce off of. And I'm not sure who I would cast as that, but you know, we'll add that in there. So it gives for one, it'll give major Nelson a reason not to really be, you know, more incentive to not be interested in genie, but also add another character where he's also has to hide or, <laughs> or protect <laughs> from the genie, um, you know, and again, I know that sounds super dark, like it's kind of a horror angle, but it, 
it'll be a dark comedy. It doesn't really have to go that malicious. But I like the idea of flirting yes, with I like that, that idea. It's oh. interesting because the very first episode, we only see this character once, but Major Nelson had a fiance when he came back from the island. And Jeannie, you know, obviously shows up and basically ruins their whole relationship. And so we never see the fiance ever again in the, in the, in the other 138 some odd episodes. So, but yeah, right off the bat, there was already going to be a love triangle. And then Sydney, Sydney, um, Sheldon just decided to scrap it all. So, but yeah, you, you're okay. kind of keyed in there to the original we'll concept. Just pick that back up. Yeah, we'll just pick that back <laughs> oh. up. Yeah, I like that. Um, and then because I don't really see, I don't know who would pick the show up. If it was Netflix, we're looking at two or maybe three seasons if it's extremely popular. And if it's broadcast, who knows? But, you know, it probably won't last that long. So I'm going to go ahead and plot out the end to where. You know, as soon as they find out the show's getting canceled, they'll be like, all right, well, let's let's wrap this up then. The end is, depends how you want to look at it. She either wins him over or he caves and uh, goes to, goes to uh, you know, they decide to get together, kiss, and that thus frees her from being a, a genie and enslaves him to the lamp. And now she gets to leave. Then she, now he's stuck with the lamp. He, he's a genie now. And she... <laughs> finally achieved her ultimate goal which was to sucker this guy into switching places so she can now go live a normal life boom <laughs> nice. that's my story I like it. nice dark indie <laughs> people are gonna be upset well mine um mine isn't as fleshed out as uh as as yours <laughs> i i i went a little dark with it, a little more modern but with mine i made i made major nelson instead of an astronaut because nasa's pretty much you know gone in the present day I mean, the only the only thing that's going on right mm-hmm. now in Washington space is Elon Musk's SpaceX, and and I think Russia is still sending stuff up to the International Space Station. So that whole line is kind of kind of lost. Um, but we still have the whole military um, installation that we can use for the backdrop. And I was thinking of Major Nelson being a pilot for you know the United States Air Force, and he actually is working. He actually gets stationed overseas in, in Afghanistan, and the movie kind of opens up to him like carpet bombing a bunch of terrorists, and uh, he gets shot down and winds up landing in – having to land near all these caves and stuff. And so he hides out in the caves for a couple of weeks, and he doesn't have water, doesn't have food, starts getting you know, delusional and hallucinates, and that's when he comes across the genie bottle. And – you know, just out of just purely just dumb luck, he winds up rubbing the bottle and out comes Jeannie. And much like the first episode where he, Major Nelson didn't understand Jeannie because she was speaking, you know, 2,000-year-old Persian language, he spends a good five minutes trying to explain to her how to get out, how to get rescued. And finally he says, I wish you could speak English. And she starts speaking English. And then they manage to... She manages to get away for him to escape. He manages to get back to um, back across enemy lines, and the entire time he's smuggling this bottle, this genie bottle, back, he ends up going back to the states. Has a purple heart, and now he has to spend the rest of his life with this genie. She ends up falling in love with him. He tries to to free her. 
and he can't get rid of her now, and she just becomes a bane in his existence because she's she's turning out less like a genie, and she's getting more interactive with you know modern day uh, women. So she's actually turning more like a valley girl, as opposed to a genie. <laughs> and about okay, halfway okay. through, like the third episode, she stops calling him master and and becomes more like um, I don't know, more like a, a Peg Bundy kind of character. You know, <laughs> so that's about it's about okay, where I got. I like that. You know, I, I I didn't like I said I didn't flesh too that's much good. out of it. Well, no, it's so funny because I I thought I was coming up with a dark <laughs> pitch, and yours is like so. It starts with a uh, major uh, Nelson carpet bombing Afghanistan. I was like, whoa, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. I like it, and it uh, you know. Does him being an astronaut really play into it at all? A pilot definitely is the way you transplant that into modern day and have yeah. it make well, sense. Well, I think the whole the whole premise of him being an astronaut, because back in the 60s, you know, the astronauts were the cool guys. They were, Plus, you know, everybody wanted to be an astronaut. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Going into space was the new thing, you know. So, yeah, I think that's that was the whole angle. And I think there was a couple times where he did a couple missions and the same thing happened where he got stranded or something. And Jeannie was able to save him. Yeah, awesome. I'm down for either of those. I like yours a lot better, honestly. I do want to specify, like, I, I'm not trying to take the, like, submissive woman and then make her, like, obsessive <laughs> and deceitful. That's not the goal. The idea is, uh, you know, I like I like Audrey Plaza because she plays characters that are, you know, I feel like she gets miscast into a lot of stuff, but... When she's cast well, I feel like she plays kind of sexy characters, but she owns her sexuality in a way that makes it not, like, I don't know. I don't feel like you objectify uh, Audrey Plaza. She lets you objectify her, that kind <laughs> right. of thing. Like, if she wants, she'll allow it for a few minutes, and then it's off back to whatever she wants to do. And I feel that's where that works. Also, for any of the, um, I don't know how to put it. I'm not in this scene, but uh, uh, dominant, submissive people, uh, <laughs> you know, I guess we could cater to you guys, too, except uh, she would definitely be the master, even though she calls him master. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Yeah, I could definitely I definitely see her. She's good at playing strong characters that know how to use all of the tools in their in their toolbox. She she can use her sexuality yeah. as well as her intelligence and her snarkiness. So yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from. I don't have a lot of basis to, to kind of give more fleshed out character to a, a Monica Padman kind of uh, genie. Like I said, mostly what, what I know her from is just her interaction off of, um, off of a podcast I listen to and, and the few, the few roles that I've seen her in as like secondary characters, but she's, she's definitely someone that, that can probably play like more of a Valley girl but yet she's she also has that ability to kind of like morph herself into different roles because I mean she was able to portray a pretty cool Eleanor in um, a, the Good Place. I don't know if you've ever seen that show. It's basically her pretending to be a trash bag person, you know, total douchebag, pain in the butt uh, kind of character for like maybe two minutes. <laughs> so. I feel like even though, you know, like I said, yours starts like surprisingly dark. It's not really that it's that dark. Yours starts more real. 
But I feel like your pitch, you set up something more true to what the show was and what it would be in modern day. You set up a more fun I Dream of Jeannie, potentially. Uh, like once he gets back with her and, you know, the whole Valley Girl aspect and Peg Bundy and all that. Like, I, I think you set up what a modern I Dream of Jeannie would actually look like. Um, yeah, because I was thinking yeah, more like, yeah. okay, so the genie pretty much has been asleep for 2,000 some odd years in this bottle tra- trapped there, and she gets a taste of modern life. And so, like with any any person, once they get a taste of something, and they kind of evolve into something different than what they are. And so I think that would be a neat little drama and dynamic to the whole series is just seeing the character evolution of genie from being a yes master uh genie that would grant wishes to somebody who's actually more fleshed out more more of a a three-dimensional character um and then maybe hey maybe at Mm -hmm. at the end it turns out that she was really just a sly person and ends up trapped i'm totally stealing this trapping tony nelson into into (laughs) i like the bottle before we wrap this thing up is there any closing thoughts you have on i dream of genie I felt a little bit the same maybe it's just I'm older or there's so much more entertainment available now, but I felt a little bit the same way revisiting Bewitched as I did revisiting I Dream of Genie. I don't want to watch <laughs> these shows. I, don't, I mean, like the originals, like, yeah, they're classic and maybe it's because, yeah, I watched them enough when I was younger, but uh, I thought maybe it'd be fun to revisit them and not that it wasn't, but I was kind of like, this is boring. I kind of can't stand. I think it's more, I can't stand the classic sitcom setup, like this, just the format. And that's so many old TV shows, of course, but uh, even modern shows, there are a few modern shows that are still very sitcom. And it's, I, I, I don't have any patience for it anymore. I get bored <laughs> of them pretty quick. I mean, that's not a positive note to end on, but yeah, I mean, that said, I'd be up for more shows along the lines of something like I Dream of Genie, where it is, you know, either comedy or whatever, with just like, it's got this weird, I Dream of Genie more so than Bewitched, because I could actually see something like Bewitched now. I'm a, I Dream of Genie is just kind of like the weird concept. It's this weird fantasy element that people, and I realized Aladdin <laughs> just came out, like the live action Aladdin, but for the most part, you don't see this kind of like this thing anymore like you see witches and different stuff but it's it's a kind of an off the wall concept for a sitcom and i I appreciate that you don't see too many of those anymore yeah as i say it's it's definitely something upon re-watching it's not as entertaining as it was when i was younger um so i totally i totally get Mm -hmm. that and yeah it's that's i think it's part of the premise of of the 60s reboot is to go back and look at some of the classic stuff that you know, I watched when I was a kid, you know, people that have, around my age had seen where sitcoms were a particular format. Character A, character B, you throw them in a situation, you get some comedy. Um, so, but yeah, it's like, it seems like after, after the Joss Whedon TV series came out, you know, that's kind of like when storytelling had a shift. You went from... You... Totally. In my opinion, you totally nailed it. Yeah, it it is Buffy. And then, you know, even like the HBO stuff, serialized TV, because that's one thing when I was coming up with my pitch for this, I was like, I don't know how long a 
comedic episode. Reset for the next episode. Sitcom style thing. How long that could really be entertaining. Uh, then again, there's shows like I really like Community, and essentially Community was a modern sitcom, but that's why my pitch is so it is kind of fleshed out in that arc, right. overarching arc. And Joss Whedon, Joss Whedon did kind of revolutionize in season long arcs. Like even when Buffy would still kind of do the Monster of the Week episode and then reset for next episode, there was always the big bad. There was always that season long. Right. You always had like little nuggets along and, the way that helped. And, tell the overall story mm-hmm. i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but yeah it's i just had right. to chime in because oh yeah <laughs> yeah I'm so on board with that but yeah so it's it's kind of interesting just to kind of like go back like the sort of the premise of the, of the of this uh podcast is just kind of go back look at look at some of the stuff they did before and retool it for today and yeah it's i i dream of genie is definitely a show that you know every day every episode reset you had the same situation different kind of comedy elements so yeah, it gets a little boring to watch, but you know, it is kind of neat to go back and look at it. And yeah, definitely going back and rewatching it. It's not, it doesn't have the same glow as, as watching it the very first time, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, and I get it. Like it's, it's that it's clean comedy. It's kind of goofy. It's, you know, whatever it was prime time television in the sixties. Um, so the, the, it's going to be kind of tame and it was, and that's fine. I'm amazed that these shows were able to string along basically the same concept for X amount of episodes for what this went like five seasons or so, four or five seasons. Um, I'm kind of amazed that they were able to, because it's, it's always the same variation of like, oh, somebody's going to, what's her, what's his name's going to catch GD. <laughs> She's going to see that GD's a real thing or he's just, this guy thinks that, uh, you know, Major Nelson's crazy and, uh, you yeah. know, hijinks every episode. I'm impressed that they are able to, like, come up with X amount of episodes worth <laughs> of hijinks. So I think we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Um, did you want to run through your list of characters one last time? Sure. All right. So run through my list for Genie. I have Audrey Plaza. That is such a thing I want to see now. Uh, Major Nelson. Who did I have? Evan Peters. Major Healy. I stole your pick. I don't uh, remember his Hartley name. Sawyer. The elongated <laughs> man for Major Healy. Kumel Nanjiani for Dr. Bellows, because I love that guy, except I wish uh, any... Man, he's popping up in big movies, so we maybe he, he won't be a TV actor for very long, but uh, he used to do a podcast that was great called The Indoor Kids. He'd do it with his wife, uh, and they talk about video games, and I loved it, but then he... Then they started uh, getting all kinds of Hollywood work, and they stopped doing it. <laughs> I'm not sore, I'm not sour about it. <laughs> no, good on him. Uh, General Pat- uh, Patterson, David Harbour, and Haji, Tony <laughs> Shaloub, because Haji can do what he wants. All right. Well, for my list, Jeannie, I've got Monica Padman. Major Nelson is the Ben Browder. Major Healy is Hartley Sawyer. Dr. Bellows I have as Kurtwood Smith. Uh, Major Martin Peterson I have as Walter Koenig and Haji I have as Eric Avari alright so that's our reboot cast this has been the 60's reboot talking about I Dream of Genie alright so you can find more of the 60's reboot podcast at emcpod.net slash 60's reboot as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify Stitcher and CastBox and you can follow on Twitter at 60's reboot 
And if you have a suggestion or some input as to what you'd like to hear on the 60s Reboot podcast, you can email me at 60sreboot at gmail.com. And that, I think, is it. Thank you all for listening. Randall, I want to thank you for coming on to the show. Thanks for having me again. And coming up, our second in our paranormal pick of prestidigitation. I, I think I think this is it. I think we ran out of uh, paranormal mystical women to talk about. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never be on again until you find another one. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It was a good time. Thanks. All right. And that cat is the end. <laughs> the cat provided the outro. Yep. Uh, come listen to this podcast over here. See, it's good. We talk about uh, old timey gangster slang, and speakeasies. Check out Harbor Nights, the only David Harbor podcast. Oh my god, that covers all David Harbor movies and television shows and everything about David Harbor. Oh, if I had infinite time, th- I would do that based <laughs> on just you mentioning it, Harbor. Harbor Nights. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> and check out our sister show, The Harbor Patrol. <laughs> the Harbor Patrol bringing you the latest news on David Harbor. Where's he at? What's he doing? What's he wearing? This just in. Dave- <laughs> this just in. David Harbor has appeared on a podcast. It was The Harbor Nights. <laughs> Dude, I bet if you did a David Harbor podcast... You could get him on there before too, before long. I bet it. I bet it's totally possible. Might be worth going through all that work just to talk to David Harbor for a bit. <laughs> he seems like a fun guy. <laughs> all, right. all right. Here we go.